What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dwight Chocolate Podcast. We're on episode two, and we got a lot to talk about this week, right, Sean? Oh, man, it's a good week to be an NBA fan. This is almost as exciting as the actual regular season. Exactly. Free agency has become a madness of its own. Uh, And for today's episode, we have a special guest, Scott Williams. Scott? What's up, everybody? Stoked to be here. (laughs) We're happy to have you. Yep. So, let's get on with it. So, crazy news right away from the start. We got Paul George traded to the Thunder for Odalipo and Sabonis. Not much going there for uh, for the Pacers, which is surprisingly considering it seems like they've been floating Paul George around for a while now. Well, yeah, I mean, you're looking at it from the Pacers' side. They knew that they were going to lose Paul George to free agency next year. They had to get something for him. It seemed like they could have gotten way better offers from other teams, namely the Celtics, who seemed to have offered a few first-round right. picks for him. Mm-hmm. But I think they just pulled the trigger on this one because they knew what they were getting with these two players. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if maybe were there even any offers for Paul George? You know, is that possible? Is it possible that maybe all these stories that were coming out were just planted by the Pacer organization themselves to try to maybe increase his value? Because it seems kind of kind of like when you compare the assets that the Celtics or like the Lakers might have been able to might have made available for him and then at the end they end up going with Autolipo and Sabonis with no draft picks. Yeah, or am I just kind of thinking too crazy? I mean, that's a very conspiracy theory type of thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know how much propaganda actually goes on in the NBA, but I mean, just looking at it from a fan's perspective, um, I think they're just trying to get something before there were no offers left. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is, but the Thunder got a huge piece and. Our boy Scott over here, he's a big Thunder fan. What do you got? What do you think about this? Guys, yeah. I think it's two really interesting things. Number one, how does Russell Westbrook convince a guy that he's going to take less shots and be a part of his team and that they're going to win over the Celtics? I mean, if there's an yeah. offer on the table from the Celtics, how does Paul George pick the Thunder over the Celtics? I mean, I'm stoked, but I don't <laughs> really know how they did it. I think the other piece of it, too, is Sam Presti is the, uh, the director of personnel or whatever he is. I mean, this guy keeps on pulling off idiot move and then genius move, like, consecutively. (laughs) How does this guy get Paul George for Oladipo and Sabonis? Oladipo's on a massive contract. I mean, he just dumped Mm -hmm. that. Unbelievable. And that was the same pieces that they got rid of Serge Ibaka with, right? True. That's who they acquired for Serge Ibaka, and now they've flipped that for Paul George. So essentially, Serge Ibaka for Paul George, kind of, and looking at it from a little further outside. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not quite, but part and parcel, yeah, sure. Interesting. You, would you say that this makes up for the James Harden trade, or does Stan Presti still have a long way to go to make up for Ooh. that? Oof, I don't know. I mean, you look at that young team, the team that lost to the Heat in the finals, whatever that was, five years ago? Yeah. Six years ago? That potentially is three of the best five players in the NBA on the same team, and they were all drafted year after year. So I don't right. know if it makes up for it. I mean, Paul George for you guys is what? Top 25? Top 20? I think as, top as a player 20. in the NBA? Yeah, top 20 in the NBA, for sure. Yeah. So, maybe a little redemption, but I don't think it takes him all the way back. Yeah, I wouldn't Yeah, I wouldn't put Paul George really anywhere close to Kevin Durant. Doubt anybody would. But I mean, like, how far do you guys actually think Paul George can take this OKC team with the pairing of Russell Westbrook? So it's interesting. If this was in the East, I would put them as a lock to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Now that they're in the West, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And I mean, we'll get to a bunch of names here today, but you you have to put them just in the middle of the pack, like a four yeah. or five seed, right. and maybe making the Western Conference Finals if they're able to pull off a miracle, if they're able to have the synergy right. that no one really expects them to have. Um, I mean, a guy like Paul George, he's really efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, he's forty six percent from field goals as good at three-point shooting as he's ever been. And right. he seems like a good team player to me, someone that mm-hmm. could complement Westbrook, uh, to mm-hmm. Scott's point earlier. But, um, yeah, it's just it's hard to see them doing anything special this year, just given right. the amount of power that's in the West. Yeah, I don't Sorry, see them. <laughs> I, I see them finishing maybe around 
You said fourth. I, I want, I'll say third. I, I can't see them leapfrogging the Houston Rockets or the Warriors, obviously, but I could see them leapfrogging the Spurs. So you think the Spurs else. go down to the fourth seed or lower? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yep. I, I mean, like, I kind of, I kind of think Stephen Adams might be able to step up his game this year. Oh, good point. I kind of. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen the landscape change so much in a single off season, outside of LeBron changing teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like a far wider stretching thing, and I don't know. I mean. Are the Spurs, because of their consistency, going to do really well? Does the whole Russell Westbrook, Paul George thing blow up in their face and they end up like on the outside of the playoffs? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It is possible. I mean, the one thing people don't really bring up is Paul George suffered that nasty injury a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, True. a few years ago. He had a but, good... I mean, he's, he's had two full seasons now, pretty, pretty right. much full seasons, mm-hmm. where he's been as efficient as ever his numbers are as high as they've ever been so i feel like now that he's had he has those two solid years under his belt there's very little reason to be concerned right um he's about as consistent as they come in the nba and we've seen that he can step up his game in the playoffs uh last year in round one against the Cavs, mm-hmm. he was pretty much averaging a triple double right uh, even though they got swept so yeah it wasn't on him. So who's getting more triple doubles next year, Russell Westbrook or Paul George? <laughs> we all know the answer to that question. Stephen Adams, man. Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams <laughs> with blocks. I like it. Right. So Paul George, another Eastern Conference star, lost to the West. But I guess to make up for that, you got Gordon Hayward, who just announced he's going to the Celtics. Four years, now that's a, that's a good million. Yep, for four years, one hundred twenty-eight million. Now that's a that's a really good pickup for the Celtics, and it almost seemed like it wasn't going to happen on Twitter. People were saying, "Oh, it seems like he's doing it," and then Gordon Hayward came out, or his camp came out, saying that no, he hadn't made a decision yet. And then all of a sudden, the Players Tribune article dropped where he made it official. But what are your guys' thoughts on Gordon Hayward um, boarding the Leprechaun now? Um, I mean, it's a move that was kind of foreseen. We all knew that the Celtics were trying to acquire Gordon Hayward and also acquire Paul George. That was their master plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, getting Gordon Hayward, like, you got to be happy with that as a Celtics fan. The guy's just a solid shooter. He's got great size. He fits right. the, the niche that you have on your team that you need. And, and um, yeah, I mean... Here- Here's a special stat for you that I heard the other day, or actually I was hearing it today on the ESPN radio. Is he's one of the few players who's con- who's consecutively raised his scoring averages for four years straight. Wow, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. So that so you can really think that he's only going to get better, right? Right. I mean, maybe his numbers don't improve because you got a bunch of scores in Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford's a scoring center. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's more mouths to feed in the, at Boston than there was on the Jazz. But um, I think he still continues to develop as a great overall player. Yeah, I agree. I was reading an article today off of ESPN, and they were talking about how, how he fits into the system. Um, and he's one of the lowest usage players in the entire NBA. So, for example's mm-hmm. sake, I think Isaiah Thomas um, is used, meaning like he's the primary option on plays 38% of the time for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else that made it, he was, he was, Gordon Hayward was the lowest usage of any All-Star entire oh, wow. NBA. So that means that he's able to get his shot organically. They don't need to draw up plays to get it to him. Isaiah Thomas right. can still be in control of the ball, and he finds ways to score outside of that. So, I mean, I think it's a huge get. The real question about all of it, though, is that make them good enough to compete with the Cavs. Right. I'm not, That's I, so hard. I kind of I want to say no. I just don't. I just I can't see... It's gonna once it come in once he, once it comes down to a playoff series, I just can't see Isaiah Thomas torching the Cavs up the way he does in the regular season. I just think Kyrie Irving's just way too good. Uh, LeBron James is just way too good. These guys and Tristan Thompson's just a tough guy down low. And I just don't. I think the Celtics, these current Celtics, just don't have that toughness that the Celtics did of the Kevin Garnett era or the Larry Bird. Like that's the kind of toughness I think that they need against the Cavs, and I just don't think they're quite there, even with this move. At least not yet. Yeah, Gordon Hayward doesn't necessarily bring up their toughness. He yeah. seems like a very calm and collected guy, doesn't try to start anything on the floor ever. 
Um, but then you have to also add in uh, Jason Tatum that they just got in the draft. I mean, right. he's, he could be a big piece, too. Between Hayward, Tatum, and uh, Jalen Brown, they have three great wings, up-and-coming wings. Mm-hmm. So they can really stretch the floor. And that's so. why I said not yet, because you're. I could see those guys developing into something maybe in two years once LeBron James starts, you know, once um, Father Time starts taking more of an effect on him. If that ever happens. If, if yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know with this guy. Yeah, it would have been, to match up with the Cavs, I, Paul George would have been a great piece for them. Because Paul George, I mean, that guy's been defending LeBron James for quite a few years now in the playoffs, regular season, wherever. Yeah, I mean, I think also another piece, like the Celtics just have so many good players. Mm-hmm. Good players that could become great players. You got, you got to throw in Avery Bradley, too. Right, I just want yeah. to throw his name out there. He looked like he really stepped up when it mattered last year. In the playoffs, too, when Isaiah Thomas went down against the Cavs, mm-hmm. Avery Bradley stepped his game up, and he was leading the team in mm-hmm. points and really being the leader on the floor. So... They just have so many weapons. They have so many pieces that work seem to work together very well. It's really not... It doesn't seem that far-fetched to me that they'd beat the Cavs next year with the lineup they have right now. Interesting. So let's circle yeah. back around real quick just to the mm-hmm. toughness piece. Yeah. Because the two guys that you would probably say have the toughness that they need are now gone. So you're talking Kelly Olenek, mm-hmm. right. Smart. Those right. two guys are now gone. So how does that factor in? Yeah, that's a... Yeah, they don't have really many big men. It seems like last year they had they had all Harford, they had Kelly Olnick, they had Tyler Zeller, and two of those guys are gone now. Um, seems like they're kind of hurting on that end right there. I wonder if they're going to make any pickup. And you yeah. know what? That might that leads to this rumor that I was seeing that they could that they I guess there's some thoughts that they might make an attempt for Marcus Gasol, make a trade for that. Interesting. I'm not yeah. really sure how what pieces you would send that way. Or Marcus. They they have draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's their most valuable piece, I think. If you're talking about trying to get Marcus All, because mm-hmm. with Zach Randolph having left for the Kings, now if you're if you, they are looking at trading Gasol away, they're gonna look to rebuild towards the future. Yeah. They've given up on this grind and grit era yeah. that the Grizzlies have had for the last few years. Yeah. So that's a shame because I mean, that was with, fun basketball to watch. Oh yeah, no, they were they were they were tough, man. Mm-hmm. This old school. Yeah. But. Yeah, if if you look at the Celtics, you're like, wow, they have all these draft picks. I could use some of those if I'm mm-hmm. trying to rebuild. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a pretty perfect situation for both teams. Right. Yeah. See, if they make that trade for Marcus, so I, I see that I see a series between them and the Cavs going to seven games and it being a coin toss really at that moment. That if would you had be to take a really one right now. Right if now, I, who would you take? Well, if they make a trade for Marcus, so I'd say they the Celtics take it. Wow. But without Marcus All, they don't. Without Marcus All, they don't. Wow, he's the deciding factor. I think so. I mean, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, those are big boys down in the middle, and <laughs> Al Hartford. I'm not sure if he's got enough in him. And they just got rid of Kelly Olynyk. I mean, that's a guy that was coming off the bench, willing to take a punch. Yeah, he's the one that clinched it for them against the Wizards. Right. But yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, the Celtics will be a really fun team to watch throughout the course of next season. Yeah, I kind of wonder if like Gordon Hayward at one point he was just like sitting in his apartment and realized like all these Eastern Conference teams are just like on this like going terrible because if he stayed with the Utah Jazz, I'm not sure if they finish any more different than they did last year. Right. If anything, they might finish even worse. Right. And I wonder if he was thinking that and then looked at what's happening in the East and was like, hey, man, if I go to the Celtics, pretty much guaranteed the second best team. <laughs> yeah, or the first, even. Or the first, like, yeah. It's it's the easiest way to a finals. Right. Yeah, I can't wait for this next topic any longer. Okay. I'm sorry, I can't. Gordon Hayward's cool and all, but we got Blake Griffin staying <laughs> with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. Allen didn't think so. No, I, didn't think I doubted so. it. <laughs> I, but it happened. Was it the day after we recorded? I think so. I think it was that Friday after we were done. Oh, the, uh, man. That, oh, I'm so happy right now. I, can't I just didn't I didn't see it happening. I, I thought for sure, like, like once Chris Paul left, like, this is it. Like, the Clippers are going to just blow up the whole thing. Like, they're going to buy out Beverly, buy out Lou Williams. 
Um, and then just see where they can take it with DeAndre Jordan. I thought Blake Griffin for sure was either going to be a Celtic uh, or a Spur. I was really hoping he'd be go to OKC, but I didn't see that <laughs> happening. Yeah, that would have been pretty crazy, but turns out he's more loyal than we all gave him credit for. Right. And I'm so happy that I get to keep my Blake Griffin jersey for another five years, potentially. Yeah, I mean, he... I give him props, though. He He's staying in L.A., and he's willing to to stay in this Western Conference that is just absolutely stacked right now. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it, though, is because Chris Paul left, it made it more enticing for him to stay because now he's the guy on the team. Right. It's his team now, again, like it was before Chris Paul was there. So it's his chance to just be in the spotlight again. We're going to see some more Kia commercials. We're going to see some more advertisements. We're going to see his billboard all around Los Angeles. Yeah, because he's going to have a lot of time because the Clippers aren't going to be in the playoffs. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Do you really believe that? Before Chris Paul was there, the Clippers were basically fighting for an 8 seed spot. Okay, I want you... Okay, so this... I'll have to also factor in now the the three-team trade that we agreed to to get Danilo Gallinari. Oh, right, right. That's right. Yep, so now now you have Blake Griffin staying... We traded Danilo Gallinari. We traded for Danilo Gallinari, gave up Jamal Crawford, and a first rounder next year, pretty much. We yeah. threw Diamond Stone, but he was never going to get any playing time, let's be real. That um, was a good trade because it solved that problem you guys have had for a while, which is that three. Just needing a three that could step up and shoot the ball, who was quick. Yeah, Danilo Gallinari, he's the best three spot guy we've had in. I don't know, maybe since Corey Maggette. You don't think he's better than Luke, Luke Richard and Bamute? Oh, he's much better than oh, Luke got Richard and Bamute. Got it. Got much it. better. Here's my question, though, Shawnee. I mean, I agree. At the three spot, he's definitely better than anybody you had. But you lose J.J. Redick, and yes. you add Danilo Gallinari, mm-hmm. and you were still, what, the five seed in the West this year? Mm-hmm. I but mean, the, the how, entire, how are we getting better? So the entire look of this franchise has changed. We're becoming a more defensive team. You got, okay. When you acquired Patrick Beverly... You got rid of Jamal Crawford, who couldn't play defense worth anything. Mm-hmm. J.J. Reddick couldn't play defense worth anything. True, true. And you bring yeah. in the guy Patrick Beverly. Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan can guard down low. And I've also heard rumors that we're looking to sign and trade to get Tony Allen from the Grizzlies. Wow. I think that's. I think Tony Allen is like a really underrated pickup for any of these contending teams, like whether the Clippers, the Cavs, OKC. I don't know, as a yeah. Celtics. I mean, he can't really shoot, but and he's 35 years old, but he's going to play lockdown defense on whatever wing the other team has. Right. True. So if you're going to tell me that the Clippers have a starting lineup of Beverly, Tony Allen, Gallinari, Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, that's a cool team. That I think is. that's a team that actually has a fighting chance against some of these high-powered offenses. You just combat offense with defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't get, um, if you don't get Tony Allen, who's the starting two? Um, probably be Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Paul Pierce, the truth comes back from retirement. No, stop. For this. <laughs> <laughs> no that's awful. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I've I've watched a lot of games with Sean in the last couple of years, and they usually end in frustration. So I'm hoping this is a little <laughs> bit of a turnaround here. Yeah, I mean Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Those guys can play ball. Like those guys have been there for a while. They're veterans. I mean, this is definitely a playoff team. Um, how high they finish, I I would say, I got to say sixth or fifth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, sixth or mean, fifth sounds fine with me, given the way the West looks right now. The West is so tough. I mean, yeah. you, you figure the top three are probably going to be the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Spurs, probably. Outside of that, I mean, four through eight, it could be almost anyone. Except for the Lakers. Except for the Lakers. Except for the Lakers. If anything, the the lack of action guarantee that we're going to be the last place team in the West. I can't see anybody being worse. Like, the Kings have somehow gotten better. Timberwolves gotten better. No, not Buddy Heald. It's because they just signed, uh, what's his face? Zach Randolph and and George Hill. Right. I was really hoping we would pick up George Hill, but didn't happen. Um, I think even the Suns, just by default, are just getting better. Devin Booker is young, and he's just getting another year under him. Josh got, Jackson's got, there now. Yeah, they got Josh Jackson now. I mean, we just we traded D'Angelo Russell for basically nothing, so now Lonzo Ball is the starting point guard, who's a complete rookie. 
there's just there's nothing there. <laughs> I mean, if you ask them, that's what they wanted though. They wanted Lonzo to start. Yeah, you do, but I mean, we have no draft pick this year, and we're already the fifth fifth year into rebuilding. It's like, come on, we should. I mean, no one's expecting them to go to the playoffs, but at least like be up there, like on the the tenth or the ninth seed or something like that. But. So here- I mean, I'm a big OKC fan, obviously, so this would absolutely destroy me. But how much do you think that you play out the season, whatever happens, happens, and then you throw your whole pitch at Paul George and Russell Westbrook that are both kids from California, Lakers are kind of their hometown team, Yeah. you get maybe both, probably not both, but at least one of them? And just rip apart that OKC team. Then you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, but that's such... That that is such wishful Laker thinking that that we have now had for like a good solid five years, and it's like it's it's not gonna work. It's really not gonna happen. I think the chances of us getting Paul George have just gotten worse. I think he's he re- uh, well. We still have the season to play out, but I'm thinking Paul George resigns with the Thunder, um, and they with go the after Thunder, it for really? at least for at least three years with Russell like him and Russell Westbrook. I think it all depends on how well they mesh this year. If him yeah. and Russell Westbrook really enjoy playing with each other, he'll stay. But if it's just like an average experience for him, he's gonna go to Los Angeles like he's been planning to do this whole time. Think so? I think it's it's I think it's as simple as that. We'll we'll find out once the season plays out. Um, I mean, it's just kind of kind of crazy that Blake Griffin is actually staying there with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you think this might might have just saved Doc Rivers' job? Do you think his job was ever on the line? No. They they like him way too much there. Like I don't think they'll ever they're ever gonna get rid of Doc unless he chooses to leave at this point. Yeah. He's already had his chance. They've given him this much time at this point. It's like he's just gonna he's just here to stay. Like you had five years. How how long has he been there? Was it five years? Sounds about right. To yeah. make it to at least the Western Conference Finals, and you don't even do that with the seemingly stacked lineups that we've had over the years. So yeah, if you're not, if you haven't fired him now, he's not. He's he was never in danger. Yeah, I want to see a first round playoff matchup this coming year between the Clippers and the Rockets. Oh I just want my to see him Go up against Chris Paul. That was that or, is going to be a storyline. If we met in the semifinals to make it to the Western Conference okay. Finals, okay, and or the Clippers that. and the Clippers have to beat Chris Paul. To his first Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean it's like when you look at the Rockets, the Rockets lost Dwight Howard that one year, um, and it seemed like they lost a big player. And all of a sudden, Dwight Howard leaves, and the Rockets actually end up getting better with the mm-hmm. cap space that that Dwight Howard left. That's the cap space they used to get Ryan Anderson and a bunch of those guys, and it ended up helping that team. And I wonder if that is, that could happen with this Clipper team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely are making moves to try to stay competitive, which I respect immensely. Mm-hmm. You could you could have just been like, "Well, we lost Chris Paul. Now we're gonna have to look towards the future." But no, they're they're like, "No, we're gonna try to still be good. We still have good players, right. and we're not gonna tank like some other teams would." Yeah. The last show I said, I hope. Last show I said with uh, since Chris Paul left, I was like, "Well, if Blake Griffin leaves, then." The Lakers should try to shoot to get second place in the Pacific Division. Well, that's definitely not going to happen. No, no longer. I think you're looking at fighting the Suns for last still. Yeah, I don't, like, god damn it, the Sacramento Kings made some good moves. And it's there's there's just yeah. no way we're going to pass them. Yeah, the Kings actually look like they're going to contend for an eighth spot. Yeah. As crazy and, as that sounds. Right, and that first place. Pacific Division team, Western Conference team, and the entire NBA just somehow doesn't get any worse despite the pressures of the luxury tax that they were potentially facing this summer. Hmm. Steph Curry gets a big pay, five years, $201 million, which was a long time coming. I mean, considering well like the Warriors had him on a bargain deal. Yeah, they're the getting for, what, $11 million a year? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane for a guy like Steph Curry. Yeah, it's just kind of his story is pretty remarkable because at the start of that contract, you you would think it made sense because he he was struggling to stay on the court, um, with all those ankle injuries he was having, and he was a small guy, as yeah, well. Yeah, big risk. Yeah, he seemed like he might not be he might have been a defensive liability at times, 
Man, his durability issues were his durability was questionable. But I mean, he just he balled and brought two championships, and now he's getting paid. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't stand idly by if you're the Warriors and you have a franchise player like Steph Curry, you have to keep him happy, you know? Yeah. Like, he won't say anything because he seems like a really humble guy, but you look at guys like Kevin Durant and uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, like, all getting paid, and you're like, I'm really the, the face of this franchise. Like, right. I should be getting compensated as such. Yeah. So, no, I think that was the best move the Warriors could have made this offseason was giving him that extension. Right, and they retain Durant, they keep Iguodala, Sean Livingston, basically that core. Even David West is staying Yeah, with David the West stayed for the veteran minimum, yeah. and uh, they acquired Swaggy P. Swaggy P. He's there for one reason, and that's to make the Warriors give them a better sense of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. That's what it is. Yep. yep. He's going to do a great job of that. We're totally worth the $5 Because, <laughs> I mean, he, what, how many minutes is he going to get, if any at all? He's he's playing behind Clay Thompson, Curry, and Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. Yeah. I mean, he's just a guy you bring off the bench, like, just to rest your starters. Yeah. Just, like, at the end of the game, you have, like, a 20-point lead. Um, it's the fourth quarter. You just let him chuck up some threes, have some fun out there, maybe get a technical or two. <laughs> right. That's going to be an interesting match, him and guys like Green. Yeah. But no, in reality, though, he's a good three-point shooter. Yeah, he he's is a He's not a great one, but he's a good one. And you could feasibly play a lineup where you have Steph, him, Clay, Draymond, and Durant all on the floor together. You play Durant at the center, and you just play super small ball. And you yeah. just just surround the perimeter and just get one of these guys open for three. And more likely than not, they'll sink it. Right. So I was looking at this breakdown of like their financial, the way the money is distributed on their team. So 2017, 2018, their total team salary is $138.6 million with a $42.8 million luxury tax. The total Ooh. of team payment of $181.4 million. Wow. Kind of a lot. Yeah. And then when you take into account Curry's new contract, uh, what Durant will probably most likely keep continue signing on for, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, in 2020, you're looking at a salary, a team salary of $177.9 million with a luxury tax of $222.7 million. Oh, my wow. gosh. So the Warriors' ownership is basically writing a check of $222.7 million to the NBA. And this is if they keep everyone together. If they keep it, yeah, if they keep everybody the way the contracts are set right now. I mean, that's absurd. So I wonder maybe in that 2018 2019, will they move Draymond Green or Clay Thompson? Mm. Yeah, so maybe maybe the dynasty only lasts one more year, is what you're saying? I mean, yeah. I I mean, it's just kind of like it's crazy, these numbers. Um, But I mean, Warrior ownership is willing to pay for it, then they. They can keep it. Now, do you think that's a problem, though? Do you think it's a problem that you can just write a check to have a super team? Yeah, well, I mean... Do you think that should be regulated at all? Like, there should there be, like, a max, hard max that you're not allowed to go over? Hmm. It's, a, it's a tough question because, I mean, if the league is making money, why can't the, why can't players, why can't teams compensate their players as they deserve? I mean, there yeah, is well, such it, it thing comes, as, yeah. That, I mean, that comes down to profit versus fairness, right? And then, I mean, there's also the competitive balance. If you look at like European soccer, like they don't really play with much cap space, things like that. But you always have the same teams dominate. You're all the same clubs dominate year in and year out. Whereas, like the whereas, like here in the NBA, they kind of want to try to give everybody a chance. And I mean, that's the whole reason why they came up with this whole new CBA is to try to stop teams like the Lakers from just essentially buying players. Yeah, true. But. Well, that at least makes me feel better about this Warriors team existing is that they're going to have to pay a huge lump sum of money to the NBA to keep it around. Right. I do think, though, guys, I mean, you look at it, I mean, you could put, Scott, Sean, and Allen on a team with KD, Clay, and Steph, and you're probably still going to win 60-something games. 
I'm so down. Think, Put me in. Probably, uh, yeah. Let think, me, yeah. Yeah. You, you look at these numbers and they're unbelievable. But I also think you start offloading probably Draymond in the next two years. That's probably the big one that you have to let, let go off of your team. And then they'll go pick up rookies or veterans on veteran max or veteran minimum deals. And I don't think this team's going anywhere. I, I think the thing that probably limits them is Steph Curry's health. I mean, that guy's one bad ankle injury away from his mm-hmm. career being over. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, I mean, once you have a guy like Durant, you kind of, you can probably just use him to carry you. I mean, right. maybe you're not the best team in the league, but you can probably still stay within the within the top three range. As long as totally. You build. I mean, maybe Jordan Bell becomes that piece. The guy out of Oregon that they got, that second rounder. You have that much faith in him? I don't know. I'm just saying, thinking crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you never know with these second rounders. Yeah. I think this team is fragile, though, guys. I mean, you look at Durant having missed most of multiple seasons. You look at Steph Curry having huge issues early in his career. Jordan Bell with the ACL tear going in, into the NCAA tournament. I mean, right. not that we're factoring him in as a big <laughs> right. factor, obviously. He'll, he'll be but, a bench warmer for most of the season. Right, but your two best players, arguably two of the best three players in the NBA right now, are quite fragile. Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, one injury away from everything changing. Yeah, and I mean that's that's just part of the game, you know. You got to right. keep your team healthy. It's it's crazy, just like that that ride to the championship. Like, there's so much. There's actually like a big degree of luck going into it. Oh, for you look sure. At, yeah, when you look at like why OKC never went back to the finals, and you really break it down, it was just bad luck. Like Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly bumped into him some weird way, got injured. Durant got injured. Um, just bad luck. They just never really were able to compile together and make that big run. I mean, Sean, you know about this, the Clippers, same story. Oh, oh it's, it's, uh, it's not luck at this point. It's just destiny. <laughs> you could look the at Clippers it like are that. just destined for that stuff to happen to them. It, it pains me to say, but I mean, yeah, you look at this year, even with Kawhi Leonard getting hurt against, yeah. against the Warriors in the Western conference finals. Sure. Like even, even then you're like, Maybe they could have done it. Kawhi stays in yeah. that game, they win game one. Yeah. And then where do you go from there? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so let me ask you this, guys. So you look at these stats, and you're talking about paying over $200 million four years from now if the roster stays the same for the Warriors. If you win the finals three out of those four years, is it worth it? That's a good, that's a good question. I say yes. You, you can't put a like money value on an NBA championship. There's yeah. just so much there's just so much that goes into that. Like if if that's what it takes and you are the owner and you have that money and they're going to make a ton of money too because their tickets are going to be so expensive. Right. You can afford you can afford to do that to keep it together. I think it goes back to the sort of like the ambition of ownership. I mean, if I was in the owner seat, I would I would do it. I mean, why not try to put the Warriors on the same on the same mantle as like the Chicago Bulls, the Lakers, and the Celtics, like these franchises that have gone out and been have won multiple championships. I mean, once you build that that brand or and that reputation, that's just something you that can't be taken away from you. Mm. I mean, why not? You know, why not try to try to be the modern day Laker? What the Laker dynasty was back in the early two thousands? Why not try to be that with the Warriors? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Moving on through these free agent signings, and there's so many of them, we're not going to yeah. be able to get through all of these. Uh, we'll get to some of the bigger ones, though. Otto Porter has gotten an offer sheet from the Nets for four years, $106 million. Ooh, That another, is ridiculous. Another great move. Otto Porter. So the question is, so Washington can sign him for that deal uh, tomorrow, uh, which will be... Uh, July sixth, will the will the Washington Wizards match that? It's a big asking price. Yeah, that's crazy. Because if you get Odor Porter, like you're essentially the same team from last year. Like you're not. I don't think you leapfrog the Celtics. You're definitely not leapfrogging the Cavs. So you're still just fighting for Toronto. I don't know. Looking to make it a six game series against the Celtics or the Cavs in the second round, but. I still think Cavs or the Celtics eliminate them. 
Yeah, so you think about it, he's 24 years old. So you, you're kind of also banking on him improving better. too. Yeah. He was the number two yeah. pick out of Georgetown a couple years ago. I mean, the guy does have a high ceiling. Now, how high is it? Can he be the yeah. third best player on that team? I don't He's know. He's going to have to be. He would have if to if be you're going to pay price. him that much. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, in you're going to, I mean, John Wall would probably be a pretty mad man if you don't. If you don't retain him and you don't replace him with really anything of value, because I mean, when you look at the free agency market right now, there's nothing, there's really nothing there anymore. So yeah, I mean, I, it, at that point, like this, they needed to get him. Yeah. Because he, he, at that point, like now, now you see like all these pieces have left and you weren't even really in the running for Paul George or a, um, or Gordon Hayward. Otto Porter was a guy you needed to lock down to at least stay competitive. Right. It's interesting to me. I mean, I, to me, Washington seems like a really great destination to land. You have one of the best point guards in the league. You have a good two guard. You live in a cool city. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. why they're not talked about more with some of these signings. I, I think part of it is just they're, they're maybe they're not a media city, I guess. Hmm. L.A., Boston, New York, these places just are like huge media markets. But yeah, that like, is sure an interesting DC point. Is like the capital, but. The population there is pretty low. Yeah. I'm not really sure. that That's a good question. And I feel like I should probably give it more thought and try looking more into it. Um, yeah. I'm really sure. It's a good question. You got me stuck here, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, historically, though, looking at it, too, Washington hasn't been the winning franchise. They haven't mm-hmm. been, like, uh, they don't have, like, a tradition of, going to Eastern Conference Finals or winning championships. Right. True. Um, and that goes back to what we were saying, like the Warriors are probably trying to build, trying to build that brand, trying to build that reputation. Yeah, once you build that brand, then, you're, yeah, then your franchise becomes legitimate for a very long time. Yeah. Um, the thing the Wizards are most known for is signing Michael Jordan after he came back from playing baseball. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I think that plays into it a lot too. It's just, just um, the the tradition that you mm-hmm. build there. You know what is interesting though? That it was actually that it's the Nets that are making this huge offer to Order Porter. I, I almost just... think it's like a bluff, you know? Yeah. Like they, they heard that Washington said that they were gonna match any offer that Otto Porter got. So they're just trying to troll the Wizards by offering them something that they'd never offer him if they actually wanted him. Probably because it seems like the Nets are trying to rebuild, but if you offer this much money to this guy, you're essentially trying to try to compete again. But you're putting yourself in a huge salary cap hole because they also still have the Mozgov contract that they just traded with the Lakers. Right, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you have Mozgov on your team, if you're willing to have his contract, you might as well give Otto Porter $100 million. <laughs> just burn through more money. Right. So here's another one. So Ricky Rubio traded to the Jazz for a protected first rounder. So, so the protection on that is that for the lottery? I think so. I'm not really too sure the details on this trade, and it kind of seemed just kind of just to come out just out of the blue. You bring in Ricky Rubio you, to replace George Hill. Essentially, you're done with George Hill, but then you you lose Gordon Hayward. So you have Ricky Rubio. Um, so here's what I'm thinking with this trade. Utah knew that George Hill is going to leave. They knew yeah. he was going to go somewhere else. They probably talked with him, and they were like, okay, uh, what, is there any reason or is there anything we can do that would give you a reason to stay? And he's like, no, I really want to test the free agent market. Fine. Yeah. Okay, so now we need a point guard, and we're trying to keep Gordon Hayward. Gordon, who do you want? And he's like, and I know he's expressed interest in playing with Ricky Rubio in the past. Mm. So mm. they go out and get Ricky Rubio don't really give up much in return because the Wolves are just trying to clear cap space to bring in Jeff Teague, whoop-dee-doo. Yeah. Um, and so that that was really their last-ditch effort to keep Hayward. Um, and unfortunately, it was not successful. Yeah, and it kind of sucks because that Utah Jazz team seemed like they were, they were building something special. Like, essentially, they built that team out of draft picks and player development. Got Ronnie Hood there, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, they worked Favors. really hard to get that going. Yeah. They they went they went through some years of suffering and they built those guys up, and then 
But I mean, that's just the nature of the NBA. You just, you lose one big piece and your whole thing kind of just fiddles away. Because um, right now, I this Utah Jazz team, they're going to be one of the teams fighting for an eighth seed, I think. You still think so? Without Gordon yeah. Hayward? Without Hayward? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I, I have high hopes that uh, Rudy Gobert can actually develop pretty well in, as a big fan in this league. Uh, what do you think, Scott? I don't know. I think it's hard to replace that amount of points. And yeah. I, think, I think Quinn Snyder's a really, really good coach. I think he's done a fantastic job. But like you say, I think it was so organic. I mean, that team didn't change a whole lot mm. over the last three years. It's when you lose your best player, and, I mean, you were, what, maybe five, six games out of being the seventh or eighth seed anyways, I think that's yeah. hard to recover. In a Western Conference, it got a lot better. You're looking at the Wolves coming up. You're looking at the Pelicans being better than last year. You're looking yeah. at, you know, the Thunder are going to be better. Who knows? The Lakers might even be better. You never know. Uh, Maybe not. not better. <laughs> uh, but I do think it's going to be hard for them to prolong that. Now, I think what you do have is a good coach, similar pedigree to like a Brad Stevens, to where yeah. they're not going to drop as far as people say they're going to drop. Um, but I just don't know if you can replace what he did for them. What Gordon Hayward did for them. Yep. Maybe this is know. maybe this is the this gives Rudy Gobert that space. Maybe you get Ronnie Hood coming up, developing into something special. You're gonna so really we'll... need Rodney Hood to develop to replace yeah. Gordon Hayward. Right. I'm gonna completely disagree with you, Alan, and say that they get like twelfth in the West. Twelfth in the West. Yep. Above or below the Lakers. Above. Above. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be above the Lakers. Oh, I just don't. This God. team has no star power. Rudy Gobert is your best player. That's like if the Clippers only had DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Right. Like well, okay, Rudy Gobert has a little more offensive game than DeAndre Jordan, but in today's NBA, when it's all about wings and three point shooting, Rudy Gobert's gonna. Uh, he, I think he's too slow of a player well, to keep to keep up. That's why you got Joe Ingles. Oh, Boy yes. Joe Ingles. Slow-mo Joe. <laughs> He's going to sure let a rain from three. Uh-huh. Okay. I do, that I man do... can ball. Dude, Joe Ingles, he's a funny guy. I'm a big fan of Joe Ingles, but I don't think he's going to be much of an impact player. All right. Well, looking on the other side with the wolf, the hole that the Wolves got left with when trading Ricky Rubio, they filled it with Jeff T. and Taj Gibson. And I actually really like Jeff T. I'm a fan of him. He's a, I mean, he's not like... He's nothing crazy, but I mean he's, he's a, a very he's a good above player. average point guard. Yeah, yeah, he can score. Um, he knows how to play the point pretty well, and he'll be a good piece to pair with the younger parts you got out there. Well, how much more do you like him than if you had just kept Ricky Rubio? Oh, I it did, to me it doesn't make a difference. I mean, maybe Ricky Rubio is maybe a little bit. Well, actually, I mean you're gonna have Jimmy Butler handling the ball most of the time. I'm thinking. So you have no use for Ricky Rubio. His shooting is kind of the par. Jeff Teague is a lot better shooter than Ricky Rubio. I think Jeff Teague actually fits in better with that team. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I think you can you can pair Zach Levine with him at times. Mm-hmm. I think it makes him a much more up-tempo team. As much as yeah. Ricky Rubio was a great passer of the ball, the guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. The guy right. couldn't shoot. So it's amazing to me that you can pinpoint a pass like that and not be able to put it in the hoop. So I think it gives them a whole different look, and it, I think it gives Carl Anthony Towns more open looks. Same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't, I don't even know if they're a playoff team next year, but I think they're going to be exciting in the next couple years. Yep. I think with the amount of star power they have, the Timberwolves are going to be a playoff team next year. You can't not with – we already saw what Carl Anthony Towns did last year. He's yeah. only going to get better. He's so young still. Um, Jimmy Butler, he's going to be solid. He's not going to improve, obviously, because he's already in his prime. Um, and we were talking about it on the last show. Andrew Wiggins is the big part of that. Like how yeah. how far they go is dependent on how much Andrew Wiggins can refine his game. Yep. Because uh, Jeff Teague, you're going to get your consistent point guard play from him. He's not going to make or break your team ever. No. He's just there. And Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns are going to occasional eighteen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Butler and Towns are going to be your your foundation, your rock and. Andrew Wiggins is going to have to be that X-Factor for them. Yeah. And I, I like Taj Gibson. I mean, he yeah. just seems like the type of guy who 
he's just he seems like a competitor. He wants to win. He was on the Chicago Bulls team, and every time he Tom Thibodeau brought him in, the guy just competed. Um, and he's reunited with him in Minnesota. I think this is a good pickup. I think this makes this team a lot better. Um, at first, I was kind of questioning whether they'd be a playoff team, but with these two guys, I think they're going to be there. I think I, I think they're going to be a seven seed. Interesting. I agree with you on the Taj Gibson trade. I mean, I think it's it's big time. He yeah. was one of the only guys that Russell West Russell Westbrook trusted with the ball. So yeah, I, mean, I think that tells you something when he went to mm-hmm. OKC. And I mean, again, you got a veteran presence that you can hopefully he can teach Carl Anthony Towns a little something, and he's replacing maybe not replacing, but he's the other four alongside Giorgio Zhang, which is yeah. not a great option. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good mm-hmm. pickup. I think it's solid. Yeah, Taj yeah. Gibson, he, he's, we were talking about toughness earlier. He's one of those guys that he brings a lot of toughness to your team. Yeah. He's, he's going to be an enforcer for you. He's going to protect your guys if there's ever a scruff. He's going yeah. to n- knock it in the boards. Um, he, he's just going to play hard. He's going to give yeah. you really hard minutes, whether he, get, he give him uh, bench minutes, maybe 15 a game, or if you give him some starter time, he's going to play tough no matter what. Right, and he, from what I could see, he seems like he loves playing for Tom Thibodeau, like that type of game that he brings as a coach. Definitely. Well, if you want to know what you want to work on and what you need to get paid in this league, there's only one man you need to look at. There's only one man that's very one-dimensional and just got offered a huge deal, and that's J.J. Redick. Ridiculous. J.J. got paid. Right. One year, $23 million. He's basically... He's making almost as much as Chris Paul. Yeah, it's crazy for such a one-dimensional player. I mean, he's not a bad, not a bad player. Like, he's a good guy to have on your team, but outside of shooting, he doesn't really bring much. Yeah, I mean, I guess the 76ers are like, man, we just really need a guy that can shoot. Yeah, who's available that just shoots. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Perfect. I'm not sure if this was if this contract was JJ Redick chasing money or he really wanted to pay play with the Sixers because I'm sure any of these other contending teams would have loved to have JJ Redick on their team, but he ended up going with the 76ers. Well, I think it's a Redick. little bit of both of what you were saying. Yeah. One, he gets paid a ton. Yeah, of course yeah. he's gonna take that. That's amazing. And also, the 76ers just seem like the cool young kids to play with. You know. Like, you just yeah. want to be part of their team. You got Joel Embiid just twittering up all a storm, just having a good time. And he just creates a fun environment, and you just want to be a part of it. And yeah. it looks like they have the potential to become something great. Yeah. Um, that is interesting, though, because he's only getting one year. And next year is not going to be their year. It's probably mm-hmm. a few years down the line, so he might not even be a part of the full process. Mm. Right. Um, but what this does do... For him, he gets paid way more than he ever would with any other team for this year specifically. And then he can resign with another team next year for like a three or four year deal and be set. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to I think we need to talk about just for a second how awesome Joel Embiid is. I mean, not <laughs> only is he gonna make up for JJ Reddick's lack of defense at the rim, assuming that he's yeah. healthy, but the guys put everybody in the league on blast. I mean, if yeah. he's in the NFL, if he's in the NFL Roger Goodell has fined him over $200,000 already. Oh, I'm saying, sure. I mean, yeah. the, the guy would be broke for all right. the tweets that he's put out. But I love it. I think it's great for the game. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. The man's got personality, and that's what makes sports fun. You know, guys that bring their personality, bring their competitiveness, and they're not afraid to show it off. It makes it fun for all of us. Yeah, I mean, the, the 76ers are now one of the teams I'm most looking forward to watching next year because of this whole culture that they've created there. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they do well next year. Maybe they don't, uh, it really depends on how healthy they can stay. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. we're already, we're always worried about Ben Simmons and, and be going down with a catastrophic injury, but at their full, at full power, anything is possible for them at this point. Right. And they must be celebrating with all these moves. I mean, 76ers <laughs> could potentially be a playoff team next year. Yeah. They stay healthy. You got to think yeah. so. I mean, you look at uh, Paul Millsap leaving for the Nuggets. That takes the Hawks out of contention. Right. Uh, you, if Paul, Paul George leaving obviously takes them out of contention. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah, of course. Gone. 
like all these guys are leaving and opening up spots for uh, teams like the 76ers up and comers to uh, start getting that playoff experience. Yeah. Crazy. We Is it possible? Could we see, even see them in the second round? It is possible oh. because say the 76ers get the sixth or the seventh seed. Well, I'll, I'll give them the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. You're going up against the Wizards, possibly. Maybe the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Raptors. Both teams that are good, but not unbeatable. If right. you're going up against the Celtics and Cavs, you're probably going to lose. But yeah. I think they get really good playoff experience this year. I think they do get the sixth seed in the East. That's my prediction. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we for all we know, Ben Simmons could go out there and have a LeBron-style rookie year. Go oh, out there sure. averaging... I mean, 18, it could be like Blake 18, Griffin 7. even too, where Blake Griffin he was injured his whole first year, and yeah. he came he came in got rookie of the year after missing his whole actual rookie year. Right. I mean, you look at this; the team's built to at least compete this year. I mean, signing Amir Johnson for one year, eleven million too. All of these mm-hmm. guys are only getting one year contracts because they're gonna go for a big free agent move next year. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you have your whole core young. Three. I mean, Markel Fultz, obviously number one pick in the draft. You give him a year to develop, I mean, it'll be interesting. I don't know who handles the ball for that team. I don't know if it's him or Ben Simmons. It'll be really yeah. interesting to watch how it develops. Yeah, we'll see. They're going to be a fun storyline to follow. And it'll be exciting to see once the summer league starts going, see how Markel Fultz does in that. Or if he goes for the MVP in that summer league. Hmm. The they have MVPs in the summer league? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you got championships. Are they going to have an award ceremony for that too? (laughs) I don't think so. But, I mean, it's just cool to see. It's just a little snippet, just a little preview of what these guys can potentially be. Yeah, I saw saw, a video of Jason Tatum hitting a a game winner against Markel Fultz in the first summer league game. So that's kind of a little statement there. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something for you. Where do the Kings, I mean, we've kind of mentioned them a little bit, but where do the Kings finish this year? They're another Pacific Division team in there alongside with the Lakers and the Clippers. They got George Hill and Zach Randolph. They got Darren Fox. They got their other two picks. Um, they still got Wally Stein, and they obviously have Buddy Heel, who I think might end up being an all-star one day in this league. So I've made a bet with both Allen and Scott, who think that Buddy Heald is going to make an all-star game at some point in his career, I made it with Allen over the next 10 years. Scott was pretty much indefinite. <laughs> They're both going to um, lose. I'm just going to put that out there for all the viewers out there. Allen's going to owe me 20 bucks, and Scott's going to owe me a six-pack. All I'm saying is David West, Jermaine O'Neal, all these random guys have made an all-star team at one point in their careers. It's possible. I, I agree with you. Up-and-coming team. Right now he's yeah. the best player on the team. All they have to do is have a 500 season by the All-Star break, and he's going to be in the All-Star oh, game. Yep. Come on, think about this logically, though. They're in the West. There's so many good players in the West now. You just added, like, four more All-Stars through free agency. It There's doesn't have no to happen way this Buddy Heald cracks that. We'll see. But where do you think they finish? I got the Lakers last. I got the Suns right there. Well, the Kings I, will, the I think the Kings will be still third in the Pacific behind the Warriors and the Clippers. I think the Clippers are still better yeah. than them. Uh, I think they have an outside chance of getting the eighth seed, but they're not there yet. I'm going to more safely say ninth seed. Yeah. I think you guys are giving these guys a little bit too much credit, and I like the Kings. I think they're still a year out at least from really cracking into any playoff contention. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers finished in front of them. Interesting. Wow. So you're giving the Lakers a little bit of credit. Yeah, you, you know, are. You know, I think the Lakers are going to do better than people are giving them credit next year. Brandon Ingram with a breakout season. I think trading D'Angelo Russell was the best possible thing that they could have done. Trading Mozgov, too. Yeah. Yeah, trading away <laughs> Mozgov was big. And getting Brooke Lopez. Guy's good. Yeah, Brooke Lopez is a plus. I was really just hoping they would pick up somebody, George Hill or, like, one of these guys, just somebody to make the team a little bit better, but well, free agency isn't right over now. yet. There's still plenty of time That's for true. moves to happen. Rudy Gay's still out there. Monta Ellis is out there now. He was just waived by the Pacers. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. There's they still have a little bit of money to work with. So 
Yeah, because it looks like we might be in for another last place finish in the Western Conference. It's not something Laker fans want. It's not something I don't think Time Warner wants. They got that big contract with Time Warner to broadcast games. Virginia Bus is going to be Yet their tickets are still much more expensive to go to than the Clippers games. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think we got through most of these free agents. Is there anyone that stands out to you? Oh, actually, well, Paul Millsap going to the Nuggets. Paul Millsap's a big one. Uh, I think, just really quickly, I think him and, him and uh, the, what's his name again? Nurkic. Nurkic. No, that's the Portland Nurkic. guy. He's in Portland, you're right. Jokic. 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 Him and Jokic are going to make a good backcourt, but they're not going to be able to compete because in today's NBA, you have to have more three-point shooters than big men. Right. Um, So Paul Millsap can't shoot the three. Therefore, I don't think that they're going to compete. Yeah. He's a good player, though. He's a good player. They'll still be be a team that teams have to watch out for in the regular season. Uh, It won't be an easy game for sure. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be like a battle between them, Clippers, Portland, for those last three spots. Um, I wanted to kind of throw Memphis in there, but with Zach Randolph gone, I'm not sure what direction they're going. So Yeah, I, Zach I Randolph gone, and you're hearing rumors, yeah, hearing rumors about Tony Allen and Marcus Saul potentially getting in, get traded away. Like, yeah. not left with much. Yeah. So I see that this move makes the Nuggets. Last year they were just barely looking outside on the playoffs, and I think this signing puts them a little bit closer. But because everybody else has just gotten so much better, it kind of like also depends just how everybody else does. Right. And then one last signing that I think might be the dumbest of all of them: Drew Holiday. Oh man. Oh. Five five years, one hundred twenty-six million. Yeah. So absurd. I heard Boogie was writing the checks, so maybe it makes sense. <laughs> he must have. I think he put in an extra, extra few zeros that he didn't need to. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so overpaid. It's absurd. I think it For just. Yeah, that hasn't done anything. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen point four points last year, seven point three assists. That's your run of the mill point guard right there. Yeah, and he missed at least. I think he missed the first three months of the season last year as well. Yeah, yeah, he had injury. a pretty bad injury. You could have gotten a guy like Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague had 15.3 points a game last year, and he also had 7.8 assists. That's actually better yeah. than Drew Holiday. Getting paid significantly less. Getting, yeah, like half. Yeah, amazing. Ridiculous. Pays to have a good agent. Yeah, Yeah, exactly that. Kudos to, their age, to his agent. But yeah, and... just probably the worst signing of free agency so far. Yeah, it probably like kind of reminisces a little bit of the Joe Johnson signing the Hawks mm-hmm. at a what was it like probably ten years ago now? But somewhere it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. The Pelicans, we don't really talk about them much. Nobody really seems to. Um, I just kind of feel like it's just gonna blow up. Like this team is gonna finish ninth, maybe eighth. Yeah, they're gonna be in that battle again with. Portland I don't think they're gonna Clippers. make the playoffs. Because DeMarcus Cousins doesn't know how to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you hear people say that, that there's guys in the league that just, as good as they are, they just can't win. And you, it's like, I kind of I have a hard time believing that, but then you got, then someone like DeMarcus Cousins comes along. And he's been in this league for, for some years now. And he averages good numbers, but he just cannot, his team stink. <laughs> yeah, to his credit, Vladi Divac has been putting together his teams for the last six, seven years, whatever. I guess Divac's been yeah. there for less, but the organization as a whole, the Kings, my goodness. So we'll see. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one to watch, those two, Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, for a full season. See if they can recreate a little bit of the Kentucky days or if it's just not going to work. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone was really excited last year when the trade happened at the trade deadline, and everyone thought that, that was going to work out from the start and we realize that there's going to be a lot of growing pains there right and they yeah, yeah they weren't even close to getting into that eight seed so nope. we'll see how much a full off season uh helps with their chemistry um mm-hmm. but I, I still don't see them making the playoffs just with the way the west is right now hmm. yeah neither do i god what do you think they finished 
I think they I think they're fighting for those last couple spots like you guys are saying. I think that Anthony Davis still is one of the best young players in the NBA and I think that if anybody can maybe settle down uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think it could be Anthony Davis just because of their past with Kentucky and all that kind of stuff. So I think they do sneak into the playoffs and just get absolutely destroyed by either the Warriors or the Rockets or maybe the Spurs. Right. Any one of them. They'll get destroyed by anyone. Doesn't matter which one. It won't even be close. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, this was a great episode. A lot of free agency talk. Um, So next week, we'll see more of the free agents, more of the rosters round out a little bit better. And the Summer League will also also have kicked off. So we'll be able to dive into that, see a couple performances, kind of analyze a little bit, see where some of these rookies are playing. And... And, um, and then we'll also discuss, see if there's any big-time free agents that still are left that maybe change rosters a little bit. Rudy Gay, Monte Ellis, maybe. They go to the Cavs, I guess. That could change things a little bit. Maybe we'll even get to the draft at some point. Yeah, maybe we'll actually get to talk to the, talk about the draft. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, I'm Alan, and I'm out. I'm Sean, and I'm out. Thanks, Scott, for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me, guys.